Welcome to the Middletown podcast. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Shore. Stephen provided a webinar for the Centre in June 2020 and he is an autistic professor of special education at Adelphi University. He has written books that include College for Students with Disabilities, Understanding Autism for Dummies, Ask and Tell and Beyond the Wall. Stephen is a well-known international speaker and has spoken in 51 countries worldwide. And I'm pleased to say that Stephen will speak at Middletown Centre's two-day international conference, which will be provided online in April 2021. Stephen, thank you for agreeing to speak with me on our podcast today. Well, it's my honour to do so. And I look forward to our conversation today and to keynoting your conference in April 2021. Thank you, Stephen. You provided a webinar for the centre back in June on the subject of managing uncertainty. Well, the uncertainty is still here. How are you adjusting to this long-lasting uncertainty? And do you have any advice for other people? Yeah, I certainly do. As for my adjusting to this long-lasting uncertainty, I do what I can to build certainty into my life. There are some things that I can control, and I also have to be aware of that there are some things that I just cannot control, such as when will it be safe? to travel again. This is not something I can control. But something I can control is when I will prepare for the courses I teach at my university, when I will give presentations at conferences online, when I will engage in my exercise routines. Uh, These are some things that I can control. And by focusing on these, things become much better. And relatedly, Uh, This is what I suggest to others, is that you keep your schedule the same as much as possible. And this you can uh, control, you can predict. But at the same time, having an awareness that there are still some uncertain things out there that we have to just kind of wait and see how they play out. Stephen, it's almost as if you're saying, take control of the short term and take your eye off the medium and long term for the moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, certainly be aware of uh, the long term and short term, but recognize that these are not things that are under our control. Stephen, in the webinar that you provided for Middletown, you mentioned the term, and I really enjoyed it, autism as the bomb. Has being autistic helped you deal with uncertainty? In some ways, it has. And uh, that's part of my approach of using a strength or abilities-based approach to autism. And that is asking the question, what can the autistic person do? So what can the autistic person do? The autistic person can plan their day. And if they need support, that's what you do. You help them plan their day. And in that way, as we plan our day, as we can... uh, be prepared for what's coming up next, then, at least for me, I can use my organizing ability to, for example, prepare for an upcoming class or an upcoming presentation, uh, which I enjoy doing quite a bit. Following on from that theme, the, the world has found itself in a place where it didn't expect to be. Do you think that autistic thinking can help us move into the post-COVID world? Yes, I believe that it can. And that is the importance of structure, building schedules, and predictability, but at the same time recognizing 
that there are going to be things that are unexpected that we need to prepare for the possibility of. I like to take from the work of the Miller Method, millermethod.org, to be specific. And what I mean by that is that we so often think about making things predictable for the autistic person, building a schedule. And of course, that's very important for autistic individuals and everybody else as well. However, I should say, in addition, we also need to help the autistic person to cope with uncertainty. And whether that uncertainty is having to take a detour on the way home because uh, there's road construction, uh, whether school is now at home uh, through a computer instead of going to school, whether it's a bus that's going to be delayed for an hour due to circumstances beyond our control, it's important to start building in measures and slowly introducing disorder for the autistic person. And by being more cognizant of this, I think this type of autistic thinking can help the world move forward. Very practical suggestions there, Stephen. Yeah, exactly. And like for us uh, autistic people, often we find communicating online uh, electronically can be easier than communicating face-to-face because then we're not distracted by desperately trying to work out the nonverbals communication. What we found and what businesses and other organizations have found is that you don't necessarily have to watch your workers, your employees working in order for them to do their jobs. And I believe what we're going to see in the post-COVID environment is a much greater amount of remote working, uh, working from home. So before the pandemic struck, it seemed to me that online presentations and doing things online, doing things online generally were valued less than face-to-face interaction. And what we're finding is that we can do things online. Uh, It may not be the preferred mode of interaction, but we definitely can do it. And a bonus uh, to this intensive work online is that we've also begun to realize that there are some things that can actually be done better online than face-to-face. And at the same time, recognizing that there are certain things that are just better done face-to-face. Just keeping on this theme of, of anxiety and, and uncertainty, which has been really the, the key words for 2020 in many ways, do you think the pandemic has given the neurotypical world an insight into living with uncertainty, isolation, and anxiety? I believe so. So with the uncertainty piece, the world for autistic individuals tends to be much more unpredictable and uncertain than it is for the typical population. And that's probably because we have difficulty in perceiving and decoding nonverbal cues for social interaction. That's probably a large part of it. People have to interact without the benefit of face-to-face presence. Research suggests that up to 93% of interaction is nonverbal. 
which leaves only 7%, and that's the words. So as a result, autistic people are overly reliant on words to extract meaning from an interaction. And as a result, we tend to be much more literal than the typical population. And now we've found that everybody else now has to practice this type of communication. The isolation piece, those of us on the autism spectrum, I think it's a myth that we don't want to interact. I think what happens is that, especially in grade school, we have so many bad experiences in attempting to interact with our classmates, which result in bullying or ostracization, that we just kind of give up. Uh, now that said, now that we're all isolated, what can we do to maintain contact and to be more successful? And what that means is providing instructions on how to interact and also being more mindful of how we interact and when we interact, because no longer can we depend on incidental interactions that occur by going out into the community, whether it's a walk in the park, going to the supermarket, or going to the post office. We will incidentally bump into people we know, people in the community, say hello, and interact. Well, all that's gone. So that what that means is that we need to be much more mindful about making sure that we keep in touch with people who are meaningful to us. So making sure that we pick up the phone and call or to use another means of communication, such as Zoom, like we're using now to communicate for this podcast, uh, whether we use the video option or not, uh, that can be a choice you know, for the autistic person or anybody else as well. So there's many means of electronic communication that we can use to keep in touch. It's just a matter of making sure that we do it and we're more mindful of it. And then finally, the anxiety. People on the autism spectrum tend to be more anxious than the general population, again, due to the unpredictability and uncertainty of the world at this point. And we have strategies that we use to make the world more predictable and also to recognize that, well, we just can't predict everything. And it's these strategies that become more important for people on the spectrum to use and also the rest of society. It's my uh, mission to turn away from thinking of autism as a collection of deficits, disorder, and disability, and turn towards looking at autism as a collection of abilities and asking the question, what can the autistic person do? Now, that said, there certainly are challenges to being autistic, significant challenges to being on the autism spectrum. And we still must recognize that. We still need to remediate for and accommodate for those challenges. However, I think if we look at these challenges as barriers that need to be torn down so that the autistic person can be successful, we'll be much better off for both those of us on the autism spectrum and everybody else as well. And our final question, the theme of our conference, Stephen, is going to be around rebuilding, reconfiguring, reimagining in a new world. If we can use this time to reconstruct our paradigms of education, occupation, community, what changes would you like to see? Uh, one change that I think I am going to see is 
that people will now recognize that there are different ways to communicate, different ways to learn, different ways to do work. No longer are we tied into having to show up at the office for eight hours a day to do work and dealing with the commute to getting to the office and getting home. And while there will still be offices, business offices, I think perhaps they'll be used more for specific occasions where people do need to get together. And maybe we'll see some sort of hybrid working style where sometimes people will be working from home and it will be much more accepted than it is than it was before the pandemic. Maybe office buildings that we see in cities, these huge buildings, these huge edifices built as office buildings, I wonder if they're going to be repurposed for perhaps affordable living. And we'll see cities become more residential. And maybe we'll find that schools are built into these big buildings as well, because there'll be so many more people living in these buildings, in addition to working in these buildings. I think we've all realized that it's about the the people in the buildings rather than the edifices themselves that are the important parts of the work. Stephen, thank you very much for your podcast today. I really enjoyed talking to you and I look forward to further communication with you and indeed um, our international conference in April. That finishes our podcast interview. So thank you, Stephen. Oh, it was my pleasure and my honour and I look forward to continuing our work together. Mm -hmm.